Hey, everybody. Welcome to Healthy Discourse. Well, thank you so much. Hey, yes. Welcome back to the show, Representative Jeff Zinger, representing North Carolina in district i knew this a minute ago 74 right that's right 74 <laughs> yep 74th district in the north carolina house that's right and we are welcoming representative zinger back this is a little different episode last time he joined us about the fatherless ec- epidemic and that was a really amazing sad but very relevant prevalent episode so if you didn't catch that mm-hmm. we do go back and listen. That was about a year ago, I think, something like that. So, mm-hmm. Representative Zinger, you've recently been reelected to the North Carolina House in November and just have gotten back into session a couple weeks ago, right? When exactly yes. did the session start? Uh, well, we, we actually uh, were sworn in uh, around the 11th or so of January, but we didn't really start until February. Um, that first week of February, we were down there full blast. And then, you know, now it's just wide open. I was there four days last week. I'm going to be there four days this week. Um, usually I'm I'm there for three, but it's just really, really, really busy. Yeah. So I was yeah. going to say, it seems like this session, there's a lot of really hot topics and a lot of legislation being thrown around and, I was hoping that you could share with our audience some of the legislation or potential legislation that you're most excited about and or most concerned about as well. Yeah, there's a there's an awful lot of stuff. And so so, so your listeners understand kind of how this works is, you know, to we're in session. A lot of people are like, do this, do this, do this, do this. Well, it's not instant. And so you got to you got to write a bill. You got to write a bill that that works. You got to write a bill that's translated into legalese. We have a whole department that does that because it's almost like a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to drum up support. And so you look for other people to sponsor it with you, and and so on. And so there's a there's a process for making that happen. Um, some members started ahead of time to do that you know for me we have such an exhausting race which a lot of my members do not have mm-hmm. um, that once the race was over we're like okay time out <laughs> and so but we're on it right now and and you know we just did two bills that actually made it through we're on the house floor one's on the house floor last week was um a bill that the speaker did last time about penalties for rioting um mm-hmm. you know We've had, as many people have witnessed, you have these riots, and then we have a bunch of people trying to tell us that they're mostly peaceful and um, that, that it's free speech. And so burning down somebody's business is free speech. Well, no, it's not. Right. So, so anyway, we did a bill to, um, to fix, to, 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 to kind of tighten up the law around that, not preventing anybody from peacefully um, protesting or assembling, which is their right. Um, in our constitution, but draws the line at, yeah, you can't, you can't be doing this other stuff. And so anyway, we did that last week. It passed in a bipartisan manner, not as many Democrats as I would have hoped, but we still had, um, we still had a half a dozen or so that, that joint linked arms with us on that. And so I was really glad to see that. Another one that's going on right now. Sorry, uh, just, can you tell us a little bit more about how that will, what, what that exactly it tightens up in the language? Yep. So, so the first thing, one of the things that was happening is the police officers would go out and say somebody's 
throwing a brick at a window in the middle of this riot and they would and they would arrest them and they would take them back to the station well then what would happen is they would have no bond or low bond and they'd be out before the police officer even finished the paperwork and mm. before the and before the riot was over and so they're back at it right and so there are certain um, I'm not a lawyer, so I beg uh, people's <laughs> indulgence, but That's okay. there, are, there are certain um, things that I think it's really when it, when it comes to domestic violence, where if someone gets taken in, they have a 48 hour cooling off period. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they can't, you know, they'll go in and they have to sit there. They have to stay locked up for 48 hours to kind of settle down, that kind of thing. Well, what this law does, is says if you are in the act of a rioting, you're gonna you're you're out you know you're ejected from the game essentially mm-hmm. um because that was a problem is guys were just going in and out in and out in and out while the riot was was moving on also increased um penalties um for those that attack police officers okay you know, so so the police officers get out there and and what was happening is they're trying to protect the people that are peacefully protesting mm-hmm. from the folks that are not well, they end up just becoming a target. And so um, those those penalties were also so those, those are probably the two big things in that bill that will really make a difference as we go forward. Yes. OK, sorry, you were moving on to something else and I stopped you. Yeah. So the other one that, that um, we're working on right now, um, I'm actually with I'm with a group of about four or five legislators that are working on it um the senate just passed a version of it it's called parental rights bill mm-hmm. and which quite frankly it, it really kind of bothers me that we even have to do such a bill mm-hmm. but i know that a lot of your listeners understand that um you know parental rights were um you know something that was you know is there any other rights that are more endowed from our creator than that right um, but we got people walking all over those rights right now and trying to get between the parent and the kids and so on and so forth. And so it's a bill that um, will really outline um, pretty strongly, you know, parents' rights in raising their kids and, um, and really now, lay it out. Mm-hmm. I've read recently that, um, that leadership is looking at introducing the house's own version of the bill I've heard in there is some language in the Senate's bill that seems to, I don't know, create some loopholes that I know some parents are a little bit um, on edge about as far as, you know, when other, you know, there's kind of this comma when uh, unless otherwise provided by law, there's several of those in there, which. I think there's a lot of words and on the surface, it sounds really good. But when you dig into a few of those, it is a little confusing as far as like, for example, prohibiting the storage of children's DNA without a parent's written consent or or otherwise by law. And it's kind of like, well, why? What? I don't know. I just there's a few question marks. So what are your thoughts on how the house's bill may differ or is there... Is that kind of still up in the air right now? Yeah, it's still up in the air, but we, those are the kind of things that we're looking at. Um, the, uh, I even spoke to um, the senator who was the lead primary on that bill on Friday, and she actually sent over some things that she wanted to see fixed in it. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, 
we, we I think I, what what'll happen there's a couple different ways this can happen we can we can take the senate's bill and introduce it and and make some changes to it and pass it and send it back to them and they have to right. do concurrence or we can just pass our own bill and send it over to them and then they can do pass it and and you know concur with us and so not sure how that's gonna what gonna play out right now because we're kind of looking at all the scenarios and mm-hmm. uh, as to which what's going to be the best way because what because at the end of the day we want it to pass I mean, absolutely this this bill is imperative but it needs to be solid right as much as possible oh goodness excuse me every time that i get on a podcast my, someone rings my doorbell and my dog <laughs> interrupts but that's what real life is right representative that's Zangers. right that's, well and i went up i went upstairs to one of my kids old bedrooms hoping that that wouldn't happen to me so i mm. did <laughs> Yeah, it it doesn't seem to matter where in the house I might be. So she likes to be by my side. And so therefore, anyway, sorry, but I think there are some really imperative, important rights, important parts of this bill, um, especially with having to, you know, be better informed about what's going on inside of schools um, and so forth. Yep. And here's limiting the. Um, limiting the, what am I trying to say? Prioritizing the involvement of the parents and limiting the ability for things to happen inside of institutions that parents seem to be largely unaware of, not because they don't care, but because it's legally not required for them to be informed right now. And so hopefully a revised version of this bill can close some of those loopholes and help yep. students to truly achieve and parents to be able to be parents. Yep. And and here's the thing, the Democrat party came out over the weekend opposed to the bill already. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, of course they were opposed over in the Senate, but they came out and, um, you know, one of my colleagues sent me one of their tweets on it. And so they're, they're going to, they're going to absolutely oppose it, which kind of blows my mind to, and, you know, I don't know how you're against parental rights, but Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the, I mean, I've seen some of that myself. What would you say is the argument they're trying to make? Well, I think their biggest argument is, and what they always say is, listen, the teachers are teaching professionals. And to, and to that, you know, and, and you can relate to this, Emily, is, you know, I raised four kids. I had four teenagers underneath my roof at one time. Mm-hmm. I know my kids better than anybody. And so for them to come along and say, well, you know, I know you're, you're a parent and I know you've got, but we know best. Well, no, no, you, no, you don't. Um, I'll make that determination. And so I think mm-hmm. that that's where it comes down is, is they're trying to say, no, the teachers know best here. Here's something that's just a side that kind of bugs me is they'll put stuff in there. And then if you object enough, they'll say, well, well, the parents can opt out. Mm-hmm. Well, I got, I, I got a better idea. Why don't we put it back on them that the parents have to opt in? I mean, yes. if, it's, if it's such a great idea. I'm a huge so fan of opting in. That's a whole different thing than opting out. That's opting right. in they, is a an objective intention. Opting out is very easy to miss. Well, and, and you know, and here's the thing. A lot of parents are two parent families. You know, like we had four kids. We were running here, there and everywhere. All the, You know, what I really mm-hmm. need to be doing every week is sitting down and reviewing 
what they're going to do so I can opt out. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 right. no, no. So I want to try to change some of that stuff to say, if it's a great idea, you sell it on the parents and get them mm-hmm. to sign something that says, I want my kids to learn this. Right. And, I th- and so we'll see. I brought that up at a meeting last week. And so that's kind of one thing that I would like to see that I think would be huge for parents. Yes. Regardless of where you stand politically, it seems that opting in to anything would be a something that parents would be interested in. And that could go for many different things. Absolutely. Uh, regard, on many different topics that could be controversial in any way. And so um, I can't imagine that being controversial, but apparently it probably will be. Oh, yeah, it, it certainly will be. Some of the other things that I would just um, kind of stay tuned, I guess, for folks would be, I think mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of different bills about education. Um, I served on um, a House committee, a select committee that traveled around the state last year for education. And, you know, I know that the head of that, uh, the education committee, we were a subcommittee, but the, the big committee is John Torbett. And um, I was with him last week and he had a bunch of bills right there they wanted wanted to do. And then I met with another representative, had another one. And so one of the things that's been a blessing out of COVID is everybody's paid attention to education. And Mm -hmm. then not only did they pay attention to it, then we saw how some people lost a lot of ground. And so people are really demanding um, some big changes. And I think you're going to start to see that. Um, Everything from, you know, expanding charter school operations to um, more opportunity scholarships to rethinking how public education works and how it goes. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff there. So I just tell, encourage you folks to stay tuned on that. I think there's going to be some, some great things that are going to come out of this session in, in education. Well, we're certainly um, advocating for and hoping for um, physician protection legislation that also protects the patients in this session. And I think there's some really good model legislation out there that we've been talking with some folks about to hopefully move forward so that we're better prepared for quote next time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We got a, um, I just got an email a minute ago about one. And so there's a bunch of that out there. I mean, good. So good, good. Yeah. So there's, there's people moving on about every front. The biggest thing that's, that we have to really be smart about um, is, and I'm going down, I'm leaving here in a little while to go to Raleigh to go to a meeting about this. We just have to be smart about what's the best way to attack this stuff. You know, we can't just, we can't just throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and hope some of it sticks. You know, right. We need to be wildly strategic. We need to really thread the needle on the on the language, on the way the bills are written so that we don't have any unintended consequences that we're not happy about, or at the same time, we don't create a, a, a window of opportunity for folks to not mm-hmm. the law, you know what I'm saying? And so, right. so, so that's what's going on right now. And so what'll happen is, as you'll see, in session, we'll have a couple bills to vote on, a couple bills to vote on. And man, by the time we get to the first of April, it's going to be, you know, there's 20 bills on the on the on the agenda today. I mean, it's going to be wide open. Right. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have 
I think it seems like going into this session, there's a lot that's you know to be excited about. Now, let me ask you, what are your thoughts on um, the two very controversial bills, the medical marijuana and the sports gambling bills re- resurfacing? It seems like they're likely to, but what are your thoughts on that? I'm a no on both of those. Um, I have told, and I've told the folks involved, you know, I have personally walked alongside of people that have had their family destroyed over gambling. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just not, you know, a big fan of creating stuff that will, will do that, you know, that, that has that kind of thing. And, and, and people acknowledge you like, well, you know, we'll, we'll put some money towards, you know, gamblers anonymous. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> great, great. You know, that's such a great idea. That's a direct play. acknowledgement of a problem, right? <laughs> Right. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah we're going to, pr- we're going to produce, we're going to pass a law on something that we know is going to wreck people. And here's a few bucks to deal with the wrecked folks. No, I just mm-hmm. don't go for that. And, and, and part of that has just been my experience. Um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize that even the lottery, I mean, the lottery is a, is a predatory, um, mm-hmm. predatory thing that, that really capitalizes on the poor. It's a tax on the poor. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of people don't realize that folks that win those big jackpots, um, you know, any, you know, a million dollars or, or more, uh, most of those people, it, it wrecks their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't realize that, but that's, that's really what happens. So anyway, on that stuff, I've just had a lot of rough experiences there and it's just something I can't do. Um, right. People might disagree with me there, but I can't medical marijuana, you know, I don't like, I don't like that either. Um, from the standpoint that I just feel like we're just getting queued up with the hemp industry. And now we're going to do medical marijuana to mm-hmm. just set the table for let's make marijuana legal. Mm-hmm. Which, Which in following other States is what almost always happens. Well, but here's my question then do these States that are doing this owe the tobacco industry apology? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? it's just so unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're a tobacco state. And one of the reasons why tobacco went after was easy for them to go after because it was just a couple of states. You know, they don't go after alcohol because there's a distillery and a brewery in every single district in the country. Um, it, but anyway, you know, it just seems to me so crazy that we fought tobacco and we've sued tobacco and we've done all this stuff. But now, oh, but, but marijuana is OK. Right. Yes, it is. It is an interesting um, posture. It is interesting how differently they are being um, villainized. And and then on the other hand, oh, and uh, there are some there is some research that marijuana can be helpful for some people. The problem is, unfortunately, just like everything else in medicine, it becomes very quickly people going to their doctor just like they do for anything else and easily getting a pill for an ill and now it becomes a marijuana prescription and so there's not ever usually enough guidance around all of that and it almost always as you mentioned turns into recreational a couple years later and we i'm yet to find a state where there have been any positive um lifestyle benefits that the state has benefited other than money from from legalizing 
it. So. Well, and then the problem is, is if you go down that road, you know, we're already got a terrible problem with our workforce. Mm-hmm. And so now we're just going to go ahead and go and provide one more reason for people to not be able to work. I mean, yeah, I just, I just, I, I just don't see the advantage there. Um, well, and know. I think the other thing that's, that's not often focused on is how, unsafe a lot of the marijuana is in our country now and that it's not the same as 30 40 years ago it's not the same and so it's what much more destructive detrimental and a lot more side effects fentanyl all the things that we need to make sure we're paying attention to and i think we overlook a lot of that in the name of what happened back in the 60s or whatever and it's not quite the the same same. (laughs) at all so so on that note though what are what are you how do you feel about your votes are clear but how do you feel about the general assembly's approaches with the newly elected house and senate yeah you know i don't have a, a great read on it i mean you know the gambling bill failed last time um, mm-hmm. on the house floor by one vote mm-hmm. um, and then the um the medical marijuana never got got any traction so i don't know if it will this time or not i do know that on you know both of those issues there's plenty of um people that do support them and there's lobbyists involved and you know just like every other issue it's not any sure. anything different but mm-hmm. um and so it just kind of remains to be seen you know um what will what will come of that? I don't know how that. Right. We'll see how it shakes out. But I um, we're always. Yeah, we didn't we didn't know on the one until it failed on the house. <laughs> In the house mm-hmm. It's going to work out. So. Right. Right. Well, Representative Zinger, it's always a pleasure to um, connect with you and always appreciate your perspective, your your courage and your constant commitment to standing on your principles and not being swayed by the wind. So that, thank you. That is incredibly powerful. um, And you set a great example for many. And I look forward to seeing you on Thursday evening. So I hope your week in Raleigh is fruitful and thank you for spending time with us on your very busy week to update us on what's what to look out for this session. Well, thank you. It's such a privilege to be here. And the last thing that I would just want to communicate to your listeners, since there's Mm -hmm. people outside of our district, when your representatives are making a stand or they're running hard bills, you need to support them. I mean, Mm -hmm. because the bullets come quickly. Um, I use that figuratively, but you know what I'm saying is, is, is the attacks come fast. And so just support them, you know, Mm -hmm. know, and, and, and really reach out to them and say, Hey, we're thankful. We're with you. We're on it. You know, because, um, that's just really important. And so I, I get a lot of folks that do that for me here, which is great. But we all across the state, whoever's listening, you know, if your representative is making a step out on some of these issues that that we're, are going to be a, a bit of a fight, please support them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great point. Just like anything else, doing the hard thing is the the right hard thing is still hard, right? <laughs> that, that's exactly right. <laughs> Thank all you right. Again. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye.